Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Downtown has been in the news lately, and not for the right reasons. Residents have complained for months about drag racing, guns, and a general lawlessness late at night or early in the morning. The complaints bubbled up from next door onto the pages of the Post-Dispatch, and the city took some action. It closed off the Eads Bridge that connects Illinois to downtown. It also placed barricades on some other streets. But is that enough? And was it even the right move to begin with? Well, my guest today is St. Louis Alderman Jack Coder, whose ward includes part of downtown. And he's with me today to chew over what the city has been doing and what more it could or should do. So, Alderman Coder, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Sarah. So bring us up to speed on what exactly has been happening downtown. I understand this is mostly at night or the early hours of the morning, but it has been happening quite a bit this summer. How bad is it? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's it's pretty bad. I mean, what residents and business owners have been experiencing downtown, especially, you know, in the overnight hours, has been something that I know I find very troubling and other city officials, I think, do as well. Um, You know, it's the cruising, it's the drag racing, it's the gunfire. These are things um, that are more than a minor inconvenience. These are serious issues that really affect the quality of life for residents and businesses downtown. Is there an incident or or two incidents that you would point to as these were particularly sobering moments this summer? Well, I know we had a a, a death from a traffic fatality, I think, two weekends ago, Mm -hmm. and I think that finally got some, maybe got the upper echelons of city government's attention. I know it's something that the cruising and the gunfire and the and the general lawlessness downtown is something I've been concerned about and echoing those concerns to the mayor and the police chief really since early spring. I mean, that's when this issue, then these issues really started. And so you've been trying to get the attention of the right people on this. Um, you're an alderman. You have some power here. What do you think took this death to get them to take some of these actions they've, they've very recently taken here? Yeah. Well, and, and I want to, you know, at least say the the police department in its defense in the early spring, um, kind of before COVID and then before some of the uh, major protests downtown and in the region, was trying to get a handle on the cruising and some of the gunfire. Um, and then, you know, due to, I guess, the pandemic and other more pressing concerns, I think this some of these issues took a back burner mm-hmm. uh, and recently are, are back in the forefront. You mentioned the death of this young woman. This was just a couple weeks ago. I believe she was 17 years old. And she was coming from Jefferson County. It seemed like these are some kids who drove in from uh, outside of the, the main metro area. They were there at a very early hours of the morning or very late at night. It seems like it's almost become a destination. These are not city residents necessarily. These are people coming from all over the region thinking this is a place to have fun and, and cause trouble. I, I would think I would say that's an accurate statement. I mean, we've got people coming from all over, from the from the east side, from far in, into South County and Jefferson County, from North City, North County. I mean, folks are coming from everywhere downtown. Um, and and the, the, the problem is, I think, in the absence of sort of the normal activity we would see downtown, your, you know, your everyday business commuters, your leisure travelers, your Cardinals fans, blues fans, concert goers, uh, in the absence of that, these folks sort of are operating in a vacuum and, and running wild on the streets downtown. Mm-hmm. There's almost too much empty space and not enough people around to sort of hold I, things together. 
Correct. You don't have those regular eyes and ears on the streets other than the residents and the few remaining businesses that have been able to, you know, stay open with limited hours during the pandemic. And what we're hearing from a lot of residents, we put this on our social media and it's fair to say that it blew up. We heard from so many people on the St. Louis on the air Facebook and on Twitter that they have attempted to call the cops about this. And it's very, very hard to get a police response. Uh, What would you say to that? I hear, I, I believe me, I, I share their frustration. I mean, this is not, that's not something that's just happening in downtown. That's happening citywide. I hear from my colleagues. I hear from residents throughout the city who regularly call 911 and are placed on hold or simply no one picks up. And and that's something that's baffling to me and that I don't understand. And as the board comes back into into session really in a week or so, I think we're going to have some of those questions for, uh, for the public safety director and the police chief. The police have long told us that they believe that they're short-staffed. And, and that's been a whole issue. I know Jefferson uh, City legislators are working on things that they feel would address that. But if you look at the number of police here per capita, we actually have more police per resident than a lot of other cities. Do you think there's something more to this that they're standing down? They're not wanting to take some of these calls. You know, I don't know if that's the case. I, 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 I mean, sometimes they simply don't answer or you get placed on hold. I don't mm-hmm. think that's an issue of... Uh, the police not wanting to do their jobs. The call's not, not even them getting to them. The call's not even getting to them, so I don't think they could have the, the wherewithal to not be responding to a call they never receive. Um, but, you know, we've heard these same issues for years about staffing. I certainly understand that the, the police department, in terms of its uniformed commissioned officers, is short-staffed, and, and I think, you know, the city is trying to take some steps to alleviate that with at least the residency requirement. On the civilian side, the folks, the dispatchers and the folks answering 911 calls, I'm not sure what the reason uh, is that they're short-staffed there and that they can't fill those positions. Hmm. There's definitely some interesting questions here. I'm glad to hear the Board of Aldermen is going to be uh, trying to get to the bottom of this. And if you uh, live or work in downtown St. Louis, we also do want to hear from you. What do you think is driving the problems there? And do you see a solution that the city could actually do to make things better. You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, our producer, Evie Hemphill, she spoke, I believe, yesterday to longtime downtown resident Les Sturman. He spoke to her yesterday afternoon, and he said that he and his wife moved from the suburbs to the heart of St. Louis about 15 years ago. And he told us that from his perspective, the issues making headlines right now are not all that new. Over the last several years, uh, we've seen a real deterioration in the quality of life downtown. Um, Obviously, some of the disruption and uh, criminal behavior and violence has has really picked up. I think it's very much a uh, uh, inaccurate to say that it's only been in this pandemic that we've seen this uh, explosion of this kind of activity downtown, but it's really been building for a long time. And, um, uh, and that's made it in, in some ways uncomfortable to be living downtown and we're not enjoying it as much as we uh, were at one time. That's downtown resident Les Sturman. Jack Coder, it's got to be very sad to hear that coming out of somebody's mouth who moved here from the suburbs. This is exactly the kind of person that the city of St. Louis wants to, wants to get and then retain. No, you're exactly right. And, and I know Les, and he's a very active and involved downtown resident. And 
you know, I would agree with some of his comments there, and I think some of it comes down to, you know, enforceability and visibility by the police department. Um, and, and that's not something, unfortunately, as an alderman, I, I necessarily control. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that downtown residents have been asking for, that I've been asking for. And I think in the last couple of weekends, uh, we've seen that situation improve where we have had more specialized units and more police downtown. Um, but Les's comments are not uncommon from what I hear from other you know, residents downtown, and it's something that's certainly concerning. We don't want to see all this investment in downtown and the rehabilitation of these loft buildings you know, be for naught. We want to make sure these buildings are full of residents uh, and that we've got a lively and safe downtown. I want to go to the phone lines here. I understand we have a caller who may have some insight into the 911 issue, which I know, Jack, you and I are both interested in getting some answers to. So let's go to the phone line. Steve is calling from St. Louis. Um, Steve, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I was a municipal dispatcher in St. Louis County for about 10 years, and I worked I worked with a few um, St. Louis City dispatchers that came out to the county um, I guess maybe for better pay or better hours. Mm. And they told me, and this was 20 years ago, they told me that the call volume there was always a problem, um, on, especially on weekends when the calls coming in were more than they could handle, a red light would circle in the room, and that would try to urge the dispatchers to finish their call and get to the next one. And they said most weekends and some nights the light was just on the whole shift. Wow. They, they, ne- wow. they never really got caught up. Boy, that's that's got to be so frustrating. And I'm sure some of these calls require some serious finessing. They might be dealing with some things where having a, a red light blaring at you makes it hard to do the job. Um, right. Steve, as, as a 911 dispatcher, any insight into, I mean, you can't just speed through these calls. It's It's been like that for a couple decades down there, as far as I've been told. And you just have to have more people taking the calls. And I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's uh, just a problem of getting people to work there or always being short-staffed, but I know it's always been a challenging place to work from what I've been told from people that have worked there. Well, Steve, I appreciate you sharing your insight into that. Thank you so much. Um, Alderman Coder, thoughts on, on what Steve has yeah, shared? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's, that's concerning to hear. And, and, and that's the kind of stuff where if departments and city government need something, if, if, it's, if, if the 911 operators, if the problem is simply we need more bodies, it would be great to hear that from that department and also – what what do we need to get you more bodies? Is that simply a residence requirement? Is it a pay issue? What is the issue? What can we do to help them? I mean, unless we hear from these departments on what their major issues are, I, I don't know how as a legislative body we can help fix those things. But I mean, I would think it's as simple as if you've got more calls coming in than people to handle them, we probably need more bodies answering the calls. And and so, Alderman, it sounds like this is something that you have not heard during your time on the board, um, a request saying, yeah, we really need to staff up the people who are answering these calls. Can you give us more money? This is not a request you've been made aware of. I mean, you know, every department always wants more money. Of but course. I mean, <laughs> I think we, we certainly need to prioritize uh, life safety. And, you know, people call 911 for any myriad of issues. It's not always just because, you know, you know, the neighbors haven't allowed party. There are serious life and death issues. So I would think that would go to the top of the stack if that's a, 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 a an office that needs more resources. Hmm. Let's go back to the phone lines. Anne is calling from St. Louis. Um, Anne, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. So um, I guess my question to the alderman is, over the last, I would say, at least 10 years, there's been drag racing on Lenore K. Sullivan. doesn't seem to have been stopped, and now it's just spread into the city. You know, it's the old broken window. If you don't stop it early, it just gets worse. 
Um, Ann, yeah. that's a that's a great question. Alderman? No, and I can speak to that. I mean, so Ann's right. There's been drag racing on Lenore K has been a problem since well before I was uh, on the board of Alderman. Um, and then obviously Lenore K was closed for a number of years. For those who are not familiar, Lenore K Sullivan is the road, uh, the city street along the riverfront right below the arch grounds. Um, it was rebuilt as part of the arch grounds renovations a few years ago and is reopened. We currently, I believe, have it closed to vehicle traffic to help with to help mitigate some of the cruising issues down there. So we've closed Lenore K. Sullivan. We've added numerous barriers and barricades on the south leg of the arch to try to stop some of the cruising and partying that we've seen on the South River front. Uh, in the short term, what that did was sort of push some of these activities to the North Riverfront, which would be Laclede's Landing. Hmm. Now, we've added some barricades and some things there and additional security patrols, uh, some funded by the Community Improvement District, some funded by the Police Department, uh, of which the casino helps contribute to the overall public safety budget. And, and unfortunately, what the police would tell you is we're sometimes dealing with an, a, a case of whack-a-mole. We can move the cruisers. We've moved them off the riverfront. But now we're having a ton of issues on 4th Street, on Broadway, and on Washington Avenue. Boy, this is just, it's such a complex problem. And as you say, whack-a-mole, perpetually a problem in St. Louis. We put resources into one area, another blows up. Um, We are talking today to Alderman Jack Coder, who represents part of downtown. We're talking about the issues there. We have a lot more we want to get to, and I know we have more callers. But our phone lines are currently open. And if you want to join us, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. Welcome back. We're talking about problems in downtown St. Louis with Alderman Jack Coder, whose ward includes a part of downtown. And we're also hearing from residents and and people who work there. Our phone lines are open. You can feel free to join us. Um, Our producer spoke yesterday to Les Sturman, who's a downtown resident. He moved there from the suburbs about 15 years ago. And he told us that he's glad for the barricades that have been set up to cut down on drag racing. But he said it's only one small piece of what he views as a much bigger problem. They help in some regards. I mean, there were there were issues of uh, speeding and drag racing on many of the uh, vacant downtown streets as the as the pandemic uh, took hold several months ago, and that has been uh, somewhat abated. Um, but other uh, other disruptive and criminal activities continue to go on. I was woken up last night at uh, two a.m. by about ten gunshots. Um, and so this, you know, this just continues to go on, and it's it's a symptom of more uh, deep-seated issues within the regulatory authorities and the general um, uh, civic well-being of, of downtown. And longer term, downtown resident Les Sturman says he sees need for a larger overhaul and quote a serious and comprehensive security strategy downtown. We need an overall. Uh, security strategy that uh, deals with uh, regulation of problem properties, uh, uh, liquor licenses, um, all host of things that uh, that need to be addressed. We have a number of very disruptive late night clubs where uh, with extremely loud um, 
you know, music and, and other kinds of disruptive activities. I, I mean, downtown should be a fun place and it should be a place where people come to party, but, uh, but it's got to be done in a, in a reasonable way and respecting the residents that live here, you know, 24 seven and, uh, and respecting, uh, basically respecting the laws of, of the city. Uh, there is almost no traffic enforcement downtown, um, speeding cars, cars going wrong way on one way streets, uh, you know, can just name uh, just about any uh, traffic violation you can think of and it takes place down here. The infrastructure is poorly maintained. It's, you know, it's, it's just a whole host of things that need to be addressed here downtown. And the community improvement district is basically uh, said to most of those things, well, that's not my job. That's somebody else's job. That is downtown resident Les Sturman. He's an organizer with the group Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis, and they oppose renewing the current Community Improvement District. That gets about $3.5 million a year and deals with some issues downtown, but Les feels like they haven't been proactive enough in dealing with the multitude of problems there. Alderman Coder, um, I know you're a member of that board due to your role as an alderman. It sort of comes with the job. Are those some fair critiques he makes? I think some of them. I think less probably oversimplifies the issues. I don't think this SID is the uh, the cure-all for the problems downtown. I would note that many of the issues he's talking about, traffic enforcement, gunfire, I mean, these aren't unique to downtown, unfortunately. These are problems across the city, and I think a lot of it comes back to enforceability. We can have all the community improvement districts citywide that we want. At the end of the day, they don't control the police department and how the police department deploys resources, and I don't know how you deal with major traffic violations and gunfire uh, without a police presence and enforcing the existing laws. Um, so I, I certainly hear his concerns, and, and, and that's something we've been asking for downtown is more police presence and more enforceability. Um, and in the longer term, as part of a, a broader police strategy, I, I don't disagree. And I think that's something we need to look at. And at some point, Jefferson City needs to, to, to wake up and realize the complete lack of gun laws in the state of Missouri are not helping our urban centers. They're making things much worse and more dangerous. And how big a problem are guns with these issues that you're looking at downtown? Uh, they go hand in hand. I mean, almost every speeding uh, Dodge Charger and, and, and the fast cars you see driving through downtown, uh, people in them generally are, are very well armed. As the police would often tell you, they're, they're much better armed than the police. Mm. Yeah, that does yeah. seem like a problem. Uh, going back to the police for a moment here, and then I'm going to get back to some callers. Um, it seems like a lot of city neighborhoods have come to the conclusion that they need to pay for private policing, that that's the key to getting the kind of response that they want. And downtown, to some extent, is already doing this. Residents are saying that private policing is just too much concentrated during the day and there's not enough staffing at night. Uh, would yeah. you agree that the private policing could maybe shift around some hours? I, you know, I think we the 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 SID, the existing SID as it's currently structured does what it can to support supplemental patrols to have officers uh, at both a, a mix of day and night. You know, I think what Les is leaving out is, you know, pre-pandemic something we would often hear from downtown workers is they'd like to see more police during the day. Mm. So one thing that was done was encourage supplemental patrols during the day, but. For the downtown SID or any other SID, and I represent other neighborhoods that do have community improvement districts or other special taxing districts, you know, you're still at the whims of the police department. When you're hiring secondary officers, you're hiring basically off-duty 
licensed St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department officers. And if they're not available because of mandatory overtime or other issues, they, they can't be on those supplemental patrols. Um, so I think this ultimately gets back to this is the city's responsibility. The Community Improvement District can be helpful. It can supplement. But ultimately, it falls on the city to do the primary policing of not only downtown, but any other neighborhood. Let's go back to the phone lines. Bill is calling from Jefferson County. Um, Bill, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hey, good morning. I'm actually in Jefferson City. Oh, my, that, um, my bad. I, um, but yeah, you're, you're was, calling from outside downtown, and I'm interested yeah, to hear your perspective. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I, I was born in Ellisville uh, in the 60s and, and lived in Eureka, and I had family in the, the Shoto area for, for decades from St. Louis. So I'm very familiar with St. Louis, and I'm really disappointed uh, in a couple of things your your uh, uh, gentleman just said as far as gun laws, and, and you know, and you, you, we'll just agree to disagree until you start taking illegal guns out of criminals' hands and, and quit trying to take guns out of law-abiding citizens' hands. This problem is never going to be resolved because I can, I can I can go down to any street corner in St. Louis and buy and buy a gun, an illegal gun. So until you guys start solving that problem, there's nothing the legislators are going to be able to do uh, to fix that. And, and all you're trying to do is take away guns from law-abiding citizens trying to protect themselves right now. Bill, thank you. Thank you well, for that perspective. And, and, you know, thanks, Bill, for your thoughts there from Jefferson City. But I would say that the situation on the ground here is really quite different. And when you say illegal guns... I don't know what that means in a constitutional carry state like Missouri, where we've eroded gun laws to the point that essentially as long as you're not a felon and the weapon's not stolen, you can have it. Um, and that's the problem we're facing. We have a proliferation of firearms, of long rifles, of high-powered weapons downtown and in neighborhoods throughout the city. Uh, and we have no ability as a local municipality to control them or regulate them in any way. We're not trying to take guns away from law-abiding citizens by any stretch. But I think our police and our community would like to be able to have a say in the laws that we create. And really, the legislature has taken that away from us. Well, I want to thank our caller for, for that perspective. You do hear that a lot in Missouri, but certainly Alderman Coder, you're, you're pushing back on that pretty hard. That's, there's a gun problem here, not just an illegal gun problem. Correct. We, uh, we also got an email from Danny yesterday, and this was kind of a heartbreaking email um, from my perspective. She writes, I moved downtown this past May, but I worked downtown prior to. The amount of crime that has happened in the past two months has highlighted the issues that exist. Saturday night, my car window was busted and my car ransacked while in front of my apartment building on 9th Street. I called the police department, and I'm still waiting for them to reach out to get further information. They have blocked traffic on Wash Ave, but just a week ago, a young man was shot and critically injured downtown down my street at 9th and Washington. None of what they have tried thus far is working. They blocked off the parking spots by Keener Plaza. Now those same people just congregate on the surrounding streets. And Danny adds, the one thing I've noticed that has changed since the George Floyd protests is that they no longer patrol the neighborhood. I see a few officers here and there, but there's no significant police presence except for on Washington Avenue. The rest of the community has to deal with never feeling safe, even at City Garden. She says they need to focus on community outreach and policing. Allow us to tell them where we feel their presence is needed. Sitting on Washington Avenue and Broadway is not helping the rest of us on those streets. I don't know what they are doing, but they need to figure it the heck, and she did not say heck, they need to figure <laughs> it out. And in the meantime, I'm buying a gun. Uh, that letter just kind of broke my heart. Alderman Coder, thoughts on what Danny's saying there? Yeah, so I mean, Dan, Danny's comments are not 
very different from what I've heard from other residents. And, and there's some truth to that. I mean, we have got to prioritize, and you heard it in her comments, we've got to prioritize policing uh, and enforcement downtown and, and, and visibility. And right now, I think it's getting better. I mean, I, I, would, I would push back on the sense that in the last couple of weeks, I think the police department and the mayor's office and the top leaders in city government have certainly heard loud and clear the complaints of downtown residents and are putting more resources into downtown. And we have a commitment from the police department for specialized units and enforcement, primarily on the weekends, Friday through Sunday nights. Um, and I think it's helping. That in conjunction with the traffic calming measures that both Les talked about and, and you mentioned at the top of the show, I think those are having some effect. We're not going to solve this overnight. I don't think anybody thought that, but I certainly understand that downtown residents are frustrated and want to see results. I'm going to go back to the phone lines. And again, if you want to join us, we're at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. Uh, let's go to Ann calling from St. Louis. Ann, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Uh, I have two things. One is the cruising thing. It seems like no matter what you do, you kick them off one street, they go to another. And this would say that, you know, is it possible to come up with a place for these kids to go to do their tricks to, you know, that I don't know if there's an a empty street someplace or... Sort of a uh, safe they, zone where, where people yeah, could yeah. do this and in a quasi-regulated uh, or at least not residential setting? Is, is that the idea? Just, yeah, and, you know, it, it, they seem to have this in their mind that they've got to do this sort of thing. And um, I need teenagers back when that uh, would use the country roads for the same thing and with devastating uh, consequences. And that's a good point. I mean, this has been going on a uh, tale as old as time. Alderman Kodar, yeah. thoughts and, on And, a, you know, yeah. that's a, it's an excellent point. It's something that was brought up. We had a meeting of downtown stakeholders last week, and, and this was brought up. You know, some of this is people want to be in the action. They want to be in the mix. They want to be amongst other people, you know, driving their fast cars, this and that. Is there, a, is there an area where we can you know, allow them to safely do this and not be disruptive to, you know, residents and businesses. I guess I'm open to suggestions. If you've got a good suggestion of where that can happen, I'd be open to it. I think, unfortunately, it's one of those problems where, okay, if we push this out of downtown, it's going to go impact another neighborhood somewhere else. I'm not sure where the space is in the city, and maybe maybe I'm just not thinking of it, that we could say, here's your free zone to cruise and do whatever. Um, I'm certainly open to ideas, and I think that should be on the table as something we look at. Well, thank you, Anne, for that idea. Um, and Alderman, as you say, there's no uh, residential neighborhood that's going to welcome <laughs> that no. kind of thing. And I guess that's the whole problem there. I think we all saw the wire, uh, what happened when they tried to create the zone. <laughs> yeah, when they for... created Amsterdam, right. Amsterdam, that didn't yeah. Work it was a great episode, but I don't know that it's a great model for, for St. Louis. Um, John writes on Twitter, how do we find a balance between these issues, which seemingly need more resources, and the defund the police movement? Uh, Alderman, any thoughts on that? Well, it's a, it's a good point. And, you know, I will say in, in, in the downtown, I'm not hearing from a lot of folks saying defund the police, uh, both downtown and in the neighborhoods surrounding 
downtown. I would say most uh, would be would welcome more police presence and more enforcement. Um, but that said, we do need to look at. I mean. I obviously I don't support defunding the police department to zero, but I think as part of the conversation in the wake of George Floyd's death, we should be looking at how do we police more smartly. You know, what resources are we spending that you know that aren't really having the effect? Could these be better spent through something else? I don't know. I mean, one of the biggest concerns I hear from residents regularly, and what we're talking about today, is traffic enforcement. You know, mm-hmm. should we be spending more on traffic enforcement if we could stop more cars and stop more bad behaviors on the roads? Would that help us eliminate some other crimes? I'm not sure, but I think that's something worth looking at. We also heard from Hugh on Twitter who writes, what are the root causes of these issues? How can we address them versus the end of of enforcement? It seems like a better investment, education, economic development, community programs. And that comes back to something where St. Louis has been trying to get away from petty anti-enforcement of all this stuff. It it feels like the pendulum is maybe swinging a bit downtown. But overall, we don't want to do the kind of nickel and dime policing that led to so many of the problems in in Ferguson. And Sarah, that's that's well said. and And that's sort of the the conundrum we're in here is, you know, the issues we're talking about downtown, which are very serious, and they're very serious for downtown residents and businesses, but frankly, some of them pale into in comparison to what people are facing in certain neighborhoods in the city of St. Louis, where we have record numbers of homicides, where we have open-air drug markets, and so I, I certainly feel for our police leadership and our city, com- you know, commanders who have to balance some neighborhoods who are seeing this horrific spike in violent crime and, and, and drug use versus what we're experiencing downtown, which is very problematic but different, which is why I think, you know, as part of this conversation, what I would like to see happen is downtown should have its own district or sub-police district, a group that is focused on the issues that are unique to downtown because downtown has, a, frankly, a lot more visitors mm-hmm. and a lot more population than most of our other city neighborhoods, and its policing needs are different for convention goers, ballpark folks, regular office workers. And the issues downtown are different than some of the ones we see in the neighborhoods. Do you think there'd be any appetite to do that at City Hall? You know, I've I've heard it thrown out there before. It's certainly something I'm supportive of. But then again, I suspect if you ask my 28 colleagues, they'd all like their own police districts as well. Um, so it does get into a resource issue. But I, I think there's a way if we get creative and, you know, speaking to, back to less is sort of what's our long term, you know, security strategy. I think it needs to be at some point capturing incremental growth downtown in the future and using that to reinvest in the infrastructure downtown and its uh, policing needs. I think we have time for one more caller. Let's go to Linda, who's calling from St. Louis. Um, Linda, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi. I am just concerned with the type of businesses that we uh, have around the corner. I live around the corner. My problem is, is that when you have excessive drinking and those activities, hookah lounges, tattoo parlors, that kind of thing. That's going to promote that kind of activity. We do not have places for, we don't have a Walgreens down here. We don't have things for the people who live down here. There are no amenities. Uh, Linda, that's, I think you're, you're making a very good point there. I want to go to a, another caller who also has a very similar point, and then, then we'll flip it to the alderman. Uh, Greg is calling from St. Louis. Um, Greg, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, um, I was saying that I don't actually think it's just uh, just the uh, the joy riding and cruising down there. I think that if the police 
will police some of the, I would call them the meeting spots that leads into downtown. You know, I mean, if they stopped it, stop them from right there, then you wouldn't have all that problem. And particularly, it's a, a liquor store and a gas, a convenience mart on Tucker Street that leads right into downtown. And a lot of your traffic comes from there. People are people are getting together there, Greg, and then coming in to cause trouble they together. They buying all their liquor and stuff. I mean, you you, you, you can't even stop there on the weekends. I mean, it, it's continued. Then when they they cruise, they go right and they keep and they, um, the liquor store doesn't close until one two in the morning. And the well, Greg, store. thank you for that. And and yeah, that sounds like this is really contributing to the problem here, Alderman. Maybe you need to be looking outside even downtown's borders to find the source of the, the problems coming to downtown. <laughs> And Linda and Greg bring up excellent points. I think I, I don't know that I would agree that the, the hookah lounge and the tattoo parlor are, are major sources of concern. I think those are kind of unique businesses that we would welcome in downtown. But I will say the gas stations uh, on the periphery of downtown are very problematic. Uh, they are a source of uh, of many of our problems. People stop there for basically supplies before they're cruising and they become congregation points. And we've had a number of homicides at the various gas stations on both the north and south edge of downtown. Um, if you were to ask most downtown residents what are the most problematic properties in downtown, you would probably say the Shell on Tucker and the BP on 4th Street. Uh, and, and that's something that I've asked the mayor uh, and the public safety director just recently to say, we need to restart our problem properties courts. Everyone knows these properties in particular are a problem, but what are we doing about it? Other than encouraging people to call 911 and continuing to build you know, more and more evidence, at some point we've got to take action. We've got to move to shut these businesses down or condemn them. Now, obviously they have their rights and they can go to court and fight that, but we've got to take action to either spur them to clean up their act or close. Well, so these businesses are very much on your radar. and sounds like you're going to be pushing for um, for movement on that front. I am. And I think the first step is getting the problem properties courts up and running again. I mean, you know, we're in this this era of, of, of a global pandemic. Other courts have figured out how to operate on Zoom. It's my understanding that even the city traffic court is operating on Zoom. If they can operate on Zoom, why can't the problem properties court? Let's get this up and running and start clearing the backlog of problematic properties that we need to see action on, starting at first with the Shell station on Tucker and the BP on 4th Street, which are both major contributors to our cruising problem. Well, I always like to end a meeting with action items, and Alderman Coder, I think you've done that today. So I want to thank you so much for joining us and uh, having good answers for all the stuff that various callers threw at you. This has been a very interesting conversation, and we appreciate it. Thanks for having time. me, Sarah. We'll have you back again soon. Please do. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.